This episode is brought to you by the insurance agent I use for my own business, Doug Lynch, and his broker, Tracy Deerfelt, with the Nationwide Contractors Alliance. In the last year, I got to know Doug and Tracy as they were consulting for me on some questions I had for my own company. And after more than a decade in the business, I can confidently say I didn't even understand half the equation when it comes to general liability insurance. I'm confident, actually, that very few builders do. I had some big gaps in my understanding and even more in my coverage. Now, this is a risk-heavy business, and you can't leave everything you've built, no pun intended, to chance. Make sure you have good protection. Make sure you have reliable protection, and make sure the agents you work with have your back. Doug and Tracy are by far the best I've found in the business, or I wouldn't use them myself. They assessed my particular business, built me a customized plan around it, and now, of course, I sleep better at night as a result. Visit douglaslynch.com and nwcalliance.com to learn more about how insurance and other solutions can really work for builders. Sadly, I'm doing another episode on coronavirus. Uh, I wish that I didn't have to do it. Well, I suppose I don't, but my goal is to try to get every one of you guys the best information we can to help you run your business. And I feel like in a very dynamic environment that we're all in right now, this is probably priority. So um, we're fortunate in that uh, we've got the advice at our disposal of some very, very smart professionals and experts in, in their realm. And well, for the fourth time, I have asked Sherry Allshouse to come back on. You guys know that I uh, have a ton of respect for her and her husband, Kurt, who run the Allshouse Group out of Houston, accounting, finance experts. Uh, they know it inside and out, especially as it relates to the home building industry. Um, so Sherry is on the show today to talk about some of the specific tools that have emerged and that are still emerging as they relate to relief for business owners from the uh, SBA and from the, uh, I'm blanking off the top of my head right now, I think it's called the CARE Act. Uh, Anyway, um, Sherry is going to enlighten us on a few of those topics. So you guys enjoy. All right. So first of all, Sherry, I did not mention this to you in our pre-interview, but you, you now have taken the title as I, I was counting. I think this is four, four interviews we've done together. So you're now the heavyweight champion on the building optimal world. I don't know if that's good or bad, especially since what we're having to deal with on this one. Yeah, it could be, it could be in better times. Um, But of course, that's the reason why we want you on right now, because you're our resident expert on the, on the tax stuff. And on the financial side, so we're talking COVID nineteen, the impact that it's having on us as home builders. I think the way to perhaps open this is to just let's just set the stage and let's just set a hypothetical stage, saying I'm a home builder. Um, I am suffering somehow from uh, uh, from what's happening, um, and I'm worried. I've got you know maybe 
concerns about cash flow issues, whatever. Somehow I have been damaged by, by this economic crisis. What are my options available to me right now that the government has been up to? Yeah, and, and first I do want to cover the damage part uh, real quick. Okay. Because you really do have to show damage. Uh, because we are in an essential industry, and so that means we're open for business. We have we have clients and, that are actually doing well right now. They still have, but they have backlog. We do have other ones that aren't doing as well. So what I would say is first, you know, make sure that you do have the damage because you are going to be signing things if you go after these SBA loans, saying that you're suffering under perjury and penalty and jail time. And so what we don't want anybody to do is go out there, sign up, think it's free money, and they become the example for the government of what went wrong, of why you shouldn't have gotten the loan. So with that in mind, you know, this is so subjective of what is uh, lost revenue, uh, am I suffering, et cetera. So uh, it is a subjective thing, guys. Uh, that's just what I want to tell you on that. So it's one of those things of being very careful, read what the documents say, and make sure you're adhering to it. So that's one thing I just wanted to put out there because we do have a little concern on there. So the first place, really, the first place everybody's going is these SBA loans. And there's basically two of them that are out there. It's the Paycheck Protection Program. You'll see people go PPP. And that's the basic one. This is the one that has the debt forgiven, forgiveness built into it. Uh, and what it really is is loans up to two and a half times your average monthly payroll. They have a period that they look at up to a $10 million max. Now, understand if you are a, you are a builder and you're, you've got a small shop, it's just you, you can get into these loans because you, you are suffering. Uh, contractors can also come into these. So there's there's some really unique opportunities here with this. Now, I just want to also preface Kurt, uh, the better half of the Alls House group, as far as I'm concerned, is the one that is doing all the SBA loans. So he's given me a highlight sheet, and that's all I'm covering is the highlights. If you want any more, uh, we'll tell to reach out to Kurt. Uh, also, they just changed it last night. This is how much it can change so quickly is that now for that loan, if you keep, if you don't get it forgiven, it's a half a percent fixed interest rate. And that just changed. And it's now a two year term loan. It was a 10 year. And again, just changed. There's no payments for the six to 12 months. Uh, and then you can make the applications via the bank. And there are, um, there's, I think, about 1,800 banks that are going to qualify, but not everybody's going to be good at that. So the best bank out there right now in volume is Live Oak Bank. And Kurt said that they have a really good website. And it sounded like just recently uh, Wells Fargo and Chase. Now, again, applications are uh, coming out for April 3rd, which is Friday for all this. The other one that is out there is what they're calling the EIDL, that is E-I-D-L, Economic Injury Disaster Loan. And this is one that isn't a forgiveness, but it's a longer term. Uh, it's $2 million max, 3.75% uh, fixed interest rate, a 30-year term, and again, no payments for the first 6 to 12 months. 
Now, this one, you can do the application straight to the SBA. But Kurt also told me that now the PPP is also out there on the um, straight into the uh, SBA. So we recommend going out to the www.sba.gov disaster assistance and start going through that. can I uh-huh. can I stop for a second? Yeah. Okay, let me Absolutely. let me dissect this to make sure I'm I'm following. So the first one the, um, with the the PPP loan is coming out. It's not you can't apply for it just yet. April third being mm-hmm. I, I think this Friday. All these right. days are running together for me now. Yes, um, <laughs> yes. that's uh, okay. So the application will go live April third. The bank for that PPP that seems to be the leader on that or a good option mm-hmm. is this Live Oak Bank. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Now, well, let me back you up on one thing, though. You can still get the forms right now. Okay. They just won't accept them. So what okay. we recommend is everybody go out there, get these forms, start working for it. So come yeah. Friday, which everybody will crash the system, <laughs> you yeah. hit the press send when they open the doors yep. so that you get in. But understand, this is the biggest program that's ever been out there. There's going to be delays. They're trying to figure out how to, to not get that, you know, yeah. to get the money out as quickly as possible. Uh, but also understand, if you pick up that uh, the PPP program, uh, it will limit you on some of the credits that we're talking that we'll talk about on the tax side. Uh, they're not going to allow you to double dip, basically. Okay. So what they're Got saying it. is, if we're going to give you a loan, you you can't take these tax credits too and not pay your payroll taxes. Okay. Uh, because they're giving that as a credit against wages. So eventually, you're just not paying anything. They're they're sponsoring it. So either with a loan or through credits. Uh, so if but if you don't get the loan. Well, then we've got an alternative that you might be able to, uh, you know, qualify for the credits as well. And there's also a couple other things that I want to mention. If we if there's any builders out there that have other owners that are 20 percent or more, those people need to fill out the same application. They've got to fill out this information. Uh, If you have multiple entities, uh, it looks like each entity can apply for the loan on its own. So you may be able to say, okay, I want a the PPP on this one, and I want the idle on the other one, because there is some talk out there that you're only going to get one or the other, and not both. The PPP or the or, idle. Or idle, but okay. that is not, we're not sure about that. It, so that seems to be unclear. Let me ask you this: there's some there's some thing that's swirling around a bunch of information swirling around but something about just some straight ten thousand dollar quick loan from the sba right now is that is that by chance the ppp or the eidl that's the eidl that's the ten thousand dollar grant that's a 10 okay so the eidl is the ten thousand dollar grant we haven't i don't um Mm -hmm. i don't i want to get into that for a second but which of these two you opened this conversation with with some very sage advice, saying that um, we. Uh, uh, sorry, I've got so recording this from the house. I've got all kinds of background noise these days <laughs> since we're sheltering yeah. in place. Um, the uh, um, okay, so the PPP loan is for up to I think you said two and a half million. Huh. The EIDL is fixed at ten. Which of these is? According to your advice at the beginning, 
the one that you need to be very careful that you've actually suffered economic injury or both. Both of them. Both of them. Both, both of them. And yeah, the PPP is two and a half times your average monthly payroll, and then the uh, up to ten million. So most people, when you do two and a half mil for smaller builders, you're not going to get to ten million. Uh, it, it might you might end up with the you know, the, the idle p- uh, loan instead, mm-hmm. uh, but it's going to take longer to get through. We think that's going to take longer to get through. It's a five-page application. Also, they can follow up with information. And so you got to be very vigilant because you have seven days to reply. On on the EIDL? Yeah, yeah right. On the EIDL. Okay. Yeah. What about processing times for these? I'm sure that nobody knows, but have mm-hmm. you heard anything? Nobody knows. Okay. Nobody knows. And I'm guessing probably a lot longer than what we would expect because there's got to be millions and millions of applications that are going to be flooding the system. And who knows? I mean, we're only guessing how they're going to do it and how the triage is going to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of think your way through this. What's going to be your triage? Well, our restaurants, our bars and those will probably be the triage first because those are the ones that everybody knows is damaged. Construction, suppliers to construction, et cetera, have continued to go on. I'm not saying they aren't suffering. They just may go by industry code and and comb it out that way and say, okay, this industry code's first. You know, I'm just guessing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they'll be first come, first serve. I mean, and I don't think they're going to tell anybody. To be Got perfectly, it. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this part I would not make that transparent because. I, I don't know how you're going to do this. I mean, just so many people are applying. Yeah. Well, I know we need to get into tax credits, but l- let me mm-hmm. ask you about loan forgiveness on these mm-hmm. two before we get into that, because that's something a lot of people are going to be wondering. So obviously, rates are very, very low for anybody that needs or wants these loans. How does the forgiveness aspect of these work? Okay, so on the PPP, you've got there's requirements that you have, and uh, it's it's retaining employees. So there's going to be a retention requirement at, for a certain period of time, and this has been a concern. I, I'm also in a uh, in another group, and what they're hearing, what their concern is, is that your retention of these employees will go to at least the length of this loan, and so. Now, that's only a two-year term, but if you lower the wages or payroll number of employees, it's no longer forgiven. But that's not that big of a deal if you can pay it back. If you can't pay it back, what that means is you'll have debt forgiveness and you'll have to report that income. And so that's the deal with this. They're going to give debt forgiveness on the PPP, and you aren't going to be subject to bringing that into income and paying taxes on it. So that's the advantage of this, because normally that's what happens if people were around during, you know, 2008, 2009, and the banks uh, took back property from you, uh, you had debt forgiveness, uh, so you had to bring that into income. This, so this particular loan doesn't have that. The idle loan is not a debt forgiveness loan. You're going to be required to pay that. Okay, got it. So idle, idle, you have to you have okay. to repay, and mm-hmm. the P, the PPP is okay. The, the, is the, the forgiveness, debt forgiveness part of it. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and and also, I just want to say, 
this could all change tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah. Because just, just like the interest rate in the term, I can't remember what the original was for the PPP. I want to say it was 2% or 3 or 4%. I think that's where 3 or 4% around there in a 10-year term. You just saw what they did, half a percent and went down to two years. So who knows yeah. what tomorrow is going to bring us. Got it. Okay. So there are the two loans. The idle is not debt forgiveness loan. Mm -hmm. PPP is or can be. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Let's jump into the tax credits then. Woohoo! So yeah, <laughs> the, fun, the fun stuff. I don't know. I will tell you the SBA is on everybody's mind right now. Yeah. Now, that will go away in about a week or two, probably, and then everybody will come back to the tax side of this. So uh, so we can go ahead and now go into the tax. Yeah. So the first thing I want to tell you, just so everybody knows, this is April 1st. So happy April Fool's Day to everyone. Uh, you need to have a poster up or an email out to your employees telling them, because if you have anywhere from one to 500 employees, you are now required to provide two weeks of paid sick time. There's That is required. Paid sick time for any illness or just for COVID-19? No, for the COVID-19. COVID and there are, there are things that they have to do. Either, A, they're taking care of somebody that has COVID. They have COVID. Kids can't go to school, and they got to take care of the kids. So there's all these different tranches that you have to go through to see – how much a person would get paid. And so I think that's just too much detail for this conversation. But yeah. as I said, we're willing to offer up our white paper on on the tax side and then also um, the highlights that were on the uh, SBA COVID, if okay. they email us. So we'll, yeah. I know you'll have that out there. Yep. Okay. So that's that's the first thing. Now, don't panic if you haven't. The poster is at the Department of Labor. Don't panic if you don't have it out there. Uh, it looks the Department of Labor is giving a 30-day grace period. But with that said, as soon as you hear this, know it, send it out via email to your people that aren't on site, and then go ahead and get it out on site and, and hang it up in the lunchroom so that you're in compliance with this. A lot of times we don't have to, if we're small, we aren't having to hang that up. And, and for those of you that are self-employed, <laughs> You know, or uh, it's just you and you've got an S corporation. Uh, of course, you, you don't have to post it. We're just talking literally employees other than the owners. So that need to be notified about that. Uh, so that's the first thing. And I don't know, do you want me to talk a little bit about this, uh, un this paid sick time in the sense that we just said the two week, but there's also a family leave act. Yeah. And again, for our size, usually small businesses don't have to adhere to the Family Leave Act, but now we have to. So again, if you have one to 500 employees, you do have to provide that 12 weeks of leave. Now, again, there's criteria and it's all COVID related, uh, but it's also only for people that have dependents and dependents are minors, someone under 18 years old. Now, well, could that potentially expand? Yes, but now, right now, it's for minors. The first two weeks of those 12 weeks, you do not have to pay the person. The next 10 weeks, you do, but it's at a reduced rate. So, again, we recommend, you know, we can look at the white paper and get the detail on that. Also, you can go out. It's on the poster. 
that's the detail that you're providing to the employees. Uh, so it, it's and it's starting April 1st. So it started today. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's really the highlights that are there. Now, with that, you get credits. So what the government is saying is like, okay, we're forcing you to do this, but we're also going to give you credits for these wages that you're pay, paying. But, of course, there's a max. So even if you're the owner, you're going to be able to get this credit, too. If you're self-employed, you're going to be able to get this credit if you keep paying yourself. Understand you need to keep paying yourself. That means, you know, you take the money out of savings, put it in, then get your refund back. But you need to be paying yourself a salary to have this. Otherwise, these credits are not available to you. Uh, so the tax credits there, uh, again, is based on wages. What isn't clear to us is exactly how this mechanism is going to work. I've seen a lot of stuff out there that says, oh, just don't pay the, pay the deposit, the full deposit. Well, that isn't how the law is written. The law is written as only the employer's half of the Social Security tax doesn't have to get deposited. That's the, that's the credit point right then. But the credit is refundable. So the question is, is when do I get the rest of the wages that I, as a refund to me? We don't know. And the IRS was supposed to post, a, post something. I have not checked today. Yesterday, there still wasn't anything out there on the mechanism. So this is going to be interesting, and maybe the IRS thinks they have a week to get this out, but they were instructed to have something out last week. Okay, because uh, the first thing that came to my mind when you're talking about the credits is that that sounds good, but for somebody who's needing some sort of financial um, relief right now, ordinarily a tax credit would be for tax year 2020, which means you're not filing until, you know, first half of 2021. No. So you're saying that's not the way this is going to work? No, this is all through payroll. Okay. So that isn't how that works. So, I mean, that isn't how it's working. So since it's going through payroll, which is done on a quarterly basis, yep. that is coming quicker. And they're trying to put into a mechanism that you aren't waiting for the quarter, that within a couple of weeks you get that money. Now, the IRS has also said that if you know that you should have gotten that credit and you don't make a payroll deposit, that they will waive the penalty. But understand, that's at the will of the IRS. Okay. So, again, this is uncharted territory. We're all looking for guidance of what's going to happen. Uh, even It sounds like even they can't figure out how to get their system work. And, and I can't blame them. This is just unprecedented for the times. Yeah. So, so to understand, you get credits for both the unpaid sick leave and if somebody takes the family leave. So you will get credits for that. But make sure that they have documentation that this is why they're getting the leave. And I will tell you, ADP has a good website uh, for policies to put into place during this time and what documentation to go after. Uh, I also want to say we are not HR experts or payroll tax experts. Uh, we know how to do it. <laughs> we just don't hold ourselves out. That's why we have ADP. Uh, they are the best in the industry for getting information out on this, at least as far as we're concerned. 
Yeah. So whoever you're using for your payroll tax. Contact being, them. Yeah. Yes. Be in touch with them. Got it. Yeah, and, and make sure that they're setting you up correctly so that you can monitor what is this qualified unpaid sick leave and the qualified family leave so that you can track it and get your credits. And I'm just going to say this one more time for my ed own edification, but this is an either or thing to get these tax credits. You cannot apply for the idle loan or the PPP. So uh, um, uh, that's a, a comment and a question wrapped up into, into one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the PPP is the part of that. Uh, the idle, I don't think that it is part of that. I think it's just the PPP. Oh, okay. Already. So that's because if you look at that, that's based on your payroll. Yeah, got it. So when you start thinking about what you've got, we think it's just the PPP that that applies to. All right. So um, I'm not trying to rush you through any of this. I guess I just am trying to uh, trying to evaluate the whole playing field. So we've talked about the tax credits. We've talked about a few of these loans. Is there anything else that's coming to your mind right now for a builder who is currently hurting or who's who's worried what are some other tools are there any? yeah there are so if you aren't qualifying for any of this stuff there is the ability to defer the employer's portion of the 2020 social security tax at 6.2 percent of the wages to where a piece of it is not going to be 50 percent due 12 31 21 and the remaining is due 12 31 22 that's not huge that is something yeah so okay. that that is really something. Also, uh, there is changes right now in the tax law for losses. If people have incurred losses in 2018 or 2019, you couldn't carry them forward. I mean, you couldn't carry them back. Sorry about that. You could not carry them back. That was a change in the Trump law. You could only carry forward. They have now opened that up to be carried back for five years. So if any point in time at this that you're seeing that, this is a time, start filing the amended returns, but the question is going to be, when are they going to process those amended returns? How quickly are they, is the IRS going to get to that as well? But that is something to start looking at. Uh, so a part of that is there. So if you had some limitations, also interest expense limitations, that was out there. They've raised that to where it went from 30% to 50%. Uh, but that was for very large builders, so I'm not sure if that would be applying. Also, if anybody had a build-out for a showroom, they have clarified now that uh, those build-outs into showrooms are able to be part of the bonus depreciation. But again, those are amended returns, and that's going to be a little bit of a problem. The other thing that can be out there is funding people's IRAs, HSAs. That did get deferred to July 15th. Uh, so if they're trying to get that deduction on the return, they still have the ability to make that deposit. Uh, they can also, this, this is probably the one that would help the most. If they have qualified retirement plans, and I'm not a big promoter, you know, promoter of taking money out of retirement plans because it grows tax deferred, but these are unusual times. You can now borrow $100,000 from your qualified retirement plan. This is in IRAs. These are, you may have a solar one, 401k, but go to your plan administrators and see if you can borrow that money. 
You can also withdraw up to $100,000 and avoid the 10% penalty, but it has to be COVID-related. So, I mean, this, and then you don't have to pay it back. You can wait three years to pay it back. And what does that mean? Because normally when you take a distribution, you aren't 59 and a half. You got to pay the 10% penalty, plus you immediately for that year have to pay the income taxes on it. Well, what they're saying is, no, we're going to let that go for three years. But if you pay it back in a three-year period, you don't even have to bring it into income. So you've got you've got your own money. You're paying your own account back for that. So those are a couple of things that if you're really having difficulties, you've got some qualified plans, uh, start asking to see. That is quick money if they don't have to make any plan changes, but they need to contact those people. Now, on a little different note, I wasn't actually planning to take the conversation this way, but we might as well. Um, <laughs> on the personal front, you know, so the the CARE Act as it relates to, I know there's there's different things that people can get, but it phases out on your income. I mean, a lot of our audience is probably going to be at that. I think it completely phases out at, at 100,000. Um, and so I think a lot of our audience is probably at or over that because they listen to us and they take our advice. <laughs> um, but is that right? There's, there's really nothing available to you on the personal front if you're making six figures or more, correct? Well, actually, Mary finally jointly, and I don't have that number in front of me because like you said, most of our players aren't in that mode yeah. and it's such a small number. It's, I think it's what, $1,200 per person. I yeah. haven't even really focused in on that, but it phases out... I thought it was over a hundred thousand for married filing jointly. I think the single is right at the hundred thousand mark. Uh, I want to say you start you start working at one hundred and fifty thousand or more, but I would have to look at that. Okay. And say so. Sorry, I don't know no, that. No, that's, that's one. fine. I, yeah. I caught you off guard with that. No big deal. I, I'm good being caught off guard. That one, I've just. I, I my thought was that isn't going to solve any of our people's problems. Right. Twelve hundred dollars. Why nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it is not the, the solver. That's, that's, not moving the, that's not moving the needle for the needle, a lot of people. Right. Well, hopefully a lot of people don't need the needle moved, but if they do, then then I think most of what we have covered in this conversation and what you've illuminated for us will, will help provide some, some options. What about anything else? Closing thoughts on any of these tools or any other ideas? Yeah, and I know we, you talked about builders that are, you know, suffering right now. But I'd also like to talk to the builders that may not be suffering right now, too. I mean, there are other things out there for you. Like we said, you may not want to go to these loans, but you're giving, you know, you're paying people that may be off because they're having to take care of a kid. Make sure you know those credits are available to you. Also, you can now provide uh, payments to your people that are working out of their houses because now they may have to, for security purposes, put in another internet line. And you're, subs you're subsidizing that uh, for security purposes. They may have to buy screens or desks, et cetera. Understand you can give them that money because we're now under a federal disaster and you don't have to get receipts from them. 
They just have to tell you that they're not going to buy luxury items. And that's something that's been out there since 9-11. So I just want to make sure that people understand, not only does that apply during hurricanes, tornadoes, any other natural disaster they have, but this is now in effect now. What's nice is you don't have to get receipts. You can say, here's $500, go buy what you need. Here's $600 to get your line in. It's just a nice way to start subsidizing what's happening. Uh, for the people at their own homes, you may have uh, things to help out with child care so that your person can work because they're having to pay more to get somebody into their house. The other thing is on uh, sick leave, not the two weeks, but other type of leave, you may have people within employees that may have excess leave and they want to donate it to somebody who doesn't and they're sharing leave. Under normal circumstances, that w- there w- could be tax effect to both the pr- to both employees. Weird enough, it can happen. But again, under a federal disaster, if you have the right plan, people can share their leave, and that has been done in the past. Uh, also, charitable donations. They have now said that you can. Uh, it's no longer limited. So, if you're a very charitable person, and this is a year you want to really donate some money. Uh, You're not limited to 60% of your adjusted gross income. You can actually pay 100% of your adjusted gross income. And what is adjusted gross income? Just look at the number before your itemized deductions. That's kind of where it's at. I just kind of want to say on your return. Returns have changed so much. You used to be able to say the bottom of the first page. That's no longer the place for that. Uh, But that's what it is. But it has to be cash. It can't be any appreciated type of property uh, because what you can do and during regular times, people would give stock. And let's say you have a, a nice gain on that stock. You can give it to it. That isn't happening right now. I know that. But nice gain on that stock. You can donate it at that fair market value and not have to recognize the gain. So a lot of people will, will donate appreciated property. Well, that doesn't exist. It has to be cash. And it has to be directly to a charity because people do have uh, private foundations, can't go to private foundations. And it also can't be into these advisory funds that kind of operate pseudo as a private foundation. So that's if you're on the uh, charitable side and you're in a good place and you want to give. Okay. Great advice as always. Now, what about this white paper, which you guys have um shared with me and I recommend everybody read it. So if our listeners want to get this white paper that you guys have put out on some of the things we've discussed today and uh, probably in a little bit more detail with clickable links and things like that, where do they go? Okay, they'll go to our website at the allshousegrp.com and I think you probably have that listed. Yeah, I'll I'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, and and we just want to say there's also a survey there to see how your accounting system is working. If you want to take that survey, we'll be notified that way, or they can just send us an email through uh, uh, contact us, and then we'll respond and just put in there, we want your white paper. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Sherry, I know you got a ton of calls to return so i'll let you get back to it but um thank you so much for taking your time to inform us when uh everybody needs a little bit more information all right thank you appreciate it